So, Mr. Bond, what is it that brings you to my neighborhood? Hmm? Still working for MI6, or have you decided to join the 21st century? <laughs> I hear the new M is a wavy. I want you to do me a favor. He wants me to do him a favor. <laughs> My knee aches every single day. Twice as bad when it is cold. You any idea how long the winter lasts in this country? Tell him, Dimitri. Well, it depends. Silence! Uh, there we go. <laughs> Goldeneye. Robbie. <clears throat> a movie that we've never seen. No. <laughs> a movie that... We watched recently. We watched recently as a commentary uh, episode of this podcast, and uh, we thought we'd bring it back because that was the great Robbie Coltrane, uh, who passed away recently. Um, since our last recording, he was seventy-two. Um, really, what other uh, what other big part did he play? <laughs> I was going to say most people will probably. I think his legacy will be Hagrid because yeah. Harry Potter is a huge, so uh, big. you know, property. But um, for us, <clears throat> obviously, James Bond's very special, and uh, Valentin. We both loved Dimitri- him, Dimitrovich. Zukos. In his Zukoski. two appearances uh, as Valentine in uh, uh, The World Is Not Enough and, and Golden I've got that one too. Um, I'm looking for a submarine. It's big and black, and the driver is a very good friend of mine. <laughs> That's great. So <laughs> I, I recently had another round of COVID, and so oh, I was staying home. Um, and yeah, I had it, uh, wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good. You know, it wasn't one of those, oh, I'm yeah. tested positive, but no symptoms. So I was laying around and, you know, Prime had put all the Bond movies oh, yeah. on Prime. Yeah. And I, I didn't watch start to finish everything, but kind of just laying in bed and lounging on the couch. I, I really, I, I picked every single movie and, and maybe fast forwarded it to like two or three sequences that I like nice. and went through the whole series that way over the That's course a really of maybe about weird a week. way to do it. It was fun. It was super fun. Like sure. I was like, okay, Jess isn't going to want to watch all these, yeah. you know, she's laying, laying around too. We both had it. And, um, yeah, but she would kind of fall asleep and I would just start, you know, kind of bouncing through them. Sure. And, um, yeah, I, I laughed out loud during the <laughs> submarine, you know what I mean? Like I He's can't so not good. say it's big and black and the driver is a very good friend of mine. Like I, so I can't good. not like repeat it and say it, Yeah. but I will say, um, even though again, not giant Harry Potter fans, but, um, if you watch the, did you watch the 20th anniversary reunion on, uh, HBO? Yes, I did. Yeah. You know, you could tell he was in poor health, uh, yeah. Coltrane at that point. And he said something that was just, it's very simple, but like, I, I just thought was very moving, very compelling where he said, you know, this will be passed on generation to generation, kind of, you know, like Wizard of Oz or whatever. He said, and sadly, I won't be here to see it, he yeah. said, but Hagrid will. And I think like that, you know, that's a simple thought. It's not anything somebody hasn't said before, but that is that speaks to sort of the immortality that comes with if you if you create a character, bring a character to life that has an impact on that many people, how that really does live on, you know, and that really is your legacy um, after and you've passed away. To some extent, it probably, it probably gives you it probably fills you with like purpose when you're doing it. It has to man. like when, yeah, all those, I mean, fucking decades that yeah. he was doing it or yeah. whatever it was, 10 years over 10 filming. years. Yeah. Over 10 um, years. and then, and then yeah, into, into, you know, it, it, that's gotta be more of a sign of success than like any of the money or the oh, sure. fame or, or anything. Or whatever. It's just like, Oh, I created something or I helped create something. And I, 
you know, I'm on a t-shirt, you know, or yeah. whatever. It seems silly, it's really but a beautiful it's like, thing. No, it's people, really a beautiful thing. people love him. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was really sad watching it. You know, all you could think about was, oh God, he's not, you know, he's not yeah. gonna be around probably that much longer. And then when he passed away, that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah. It just really, uh, kind of landed and had an impact. Um, so anyway, well, that's, uh, that's good. Our RIP Robbie Coltrane. We're here doing episode 55. Uh, we have we done 55 of these? We've done 55 episodes and well, we've done 54. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. We'll see how this goes. At the end of this. Presumably um, if you're listening, we're dead now. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, uh, we've had uh, some time off because I've been working so much and, uh, I just haven't even been in town yeah, stop that. for the most stop part. That. Um, I'll be around a little bit in December. Uh, and then I think, uh, we could do a couple more fun things uh, maybe some holiday related stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, January is also looking like kind of mellow for me. So, okay. uh, sounds good. That's a, that's a good time. It's, you know, it's cold out. It feels, I love it. It feels like holidays right now. Yeah. I'm really very uh, cold. nice and toasty. Yeah. My hair is all disheveled from a beanie I was wearing in the car. <laughs> I haven't great. even worn a beanie yet this season, oh, but listen, you, know, you, you are know missing me. out, buddy. You know me. <laughs> you put on, uh, <laughs> you put on that beanie right now. Um, but, uh, I think we should talk about some movies. I, you know, today we're here doing this, but, uh, I don't have an enormous amount, uh, to talk about because I haven't been home to see movies and shows, Yeah, but I do have a few, some of the more significant movies. Um, I do as well. And I, I also, we talked about possibly doing a mini sode for rings of power. I I've just decided I don't have that much to say about it, but I do want to talk about it a little it, bit. It ended, right? Yeah. It's over now. I do want to talk about it a little bit. I don't want to lead with it. So maybe once we get through some of the you well, know, news and stuff. In the can, in the TV category or or sure, later, sure. you could yeah, definitely yeah. take take your time. It is with TV, it. Um, I guess. Whatever TV is anymore, exactly. Yeah, I guess that is the line. Um, <laughs> it's a but, series. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about a few movies. I did uh, a couple of weeks ago. I did uh, a triple showing and then a quadruple showing. Like one day, I did three, and then the next day I did four. And so that was definitely the most movies I so had ever seen your life in a sometimes. two day period. But it was honestly because I had to. I was like, yeah. "These are all the movies I want to see. I'm not going to be able to see them for a couple of weeks. Some of them are going to leave theaters or they're leaving premium sure. format." Sure. And I was just like, "I have to just cram in." And it was it was a huge chore to figure out how to even see that many in one day I or know. two days, just hard. because of times and locations and stuff. And uh, I didn't end up spending much money. You know, it was like a combination of the AMCA list plus some discounts plus some Burbank's your best shot. Yeah, Burbank's uh, where it's at. And it was also, I think it was a Tuesday maybe that I did the four. And on Tuesdays they do $5 movies. Um, so I don't know. It was great. Um, but well, I did nine Star Wars movies in one day. Once, <laughs> yes. So yes, you did. You did that recently, and that's yeah, still that's, like that's about twenty two hours. All timer. Um, I'll never do it again. But I, yeah, I climbed right. that mountain. I went. Well, to I'm going to do all 25 time. Bond movies in one day. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to. If you can pull that off. <laughs> You will be. I didn't say that I was only going to have one TV. I was like, (laughs) oh, I like it. That's the way to do it. You got to just have, if you have four TVs playing movies simultaneously, I think you could do it. I pictured you (laughs) having completely lost your mind in a white suit like the architect from Matrix uh, Reloaded or whatever. Yes. Those TVs were far too small, though. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. Bigger, less TVs and bigger. I need four 83 inch monitors. You'll you'll walk Um, out of there like uh, Christoph Waltz from. Inspector, the information. I'm absorbing information. Anyway, uh, no one remembers that. Yeah, that was a good um, one. 
Well, uh, okay. So one of the ones that I saw during this run was Armageddon Time. Did you see that yet? I did, and I found that very compelling. Um, I don't know how you felt about it. I, I really... You know who wrote and directed it, right? Remind me. Well, we've had... We've had run-ins with this man. The way you're looking at me, the way you're looking at me right now, while you say that, um, run, run, I mean run-ins in quotes. Um, his name's James Gray. Do you okay. remember us going to see Ad Astra and how disappointed we were with that movie? And I actually and that he did was know there this. and such a jabroni about I it. I did know this because I went on IMDb after I yeah. saw Armageddon Time and then I was like, oh, like yeah. with Ad Astra. And also being on Letterboxd now and being pretty active on yeah. there, one of my buddies from back in college is on there and we had not, we don't talk that much and suddenly we've kind of. Sure. Sort of in, just in being on the same platform and he loves movies and stuff. We've been going back and forth and he just movies added and add, yeah, movies and shit. And he just <laughs> added uh Ad Astra to his watch list. And I just want to <laughs> tell him I don't want to jade it, I don't want to talk about it till after yeah. he rates it, but I just want to tell him about our experience. God, anyway. That's a weird one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I didn't track. I didn't realize well, the reason I asked the way that I did is that I saw the movie without knowing who wrote and directed it. I was like, Oh, it's an Anthony Hopkins drama. Yeah. I I'm in, like it looks good. Um, the trailer was kind of meh. It didn't really give yeah, you a whole lot to fine. work with. Fine. And I was just kind of like, uh, I like, I like these people enough. Anthony Hopkins is like so spectacular. And then God, everyone great. else in it is kind of like, okay. But it, anyways, when it was done, it left me with such a meh feeling. And it's not to say that there's not elements of this, like Anthony Hopkins and how he goes into his past and the way he speaks about it is very good. And it's very dark. And like you say, compelling it's, it's, it's good storytelling at least because it's a movie about like, many stories you know it's lots of through lines happening at once and it's our very, divisions and society it's very slice cultures. of life and it's very yeah exactly there's just so many different things going on and so some of them are, i think are excellent and some of them are just as gray for lack of a better term as <laughs> see what i did there. i see what you um, did there as this uh, is, you don't get this kind of pop it until no, you no, 55 episodes in yeah 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 it doesn't roll off i'm like getting that. very smart <laughs> <laughs> anyways <laughs> i uh no i really i really felt the same way that i did after ad astra in in that i was like oh there's a lot of like pomp and circumstance but there's not a whole lot of substance to a great majority of this um, and you take Anthony Hopkins out of it, and I just think you don't really have anything. Yeah, but if you um, take Anthony Hopkins out of it, I mean, that's pretty critical to the... Yeah. It's like taking the spaceship out of Ad Astra, I think. Um, sort of, yeah. I yeah. Look, I, I understand. I don't think that's But I'm unfair, glad you liked it. Yeah. I don't think that's an unfair criticism, but I just... I don't know. Maybe I'm just too invested right now in, like, social commentary and yeah. you know what what where we're at right now yeah but i just could it just hit me so hard i think because of that and i mean i knew there weren't too many surprises you know what i mean like i knew you could kind of see beat for beat sure where we're headed and what the problem is going to be and all that other stuff and the only thing the trailer really gave me it might have been that i just went in with low expectations because the only thing the trailer gave me was the anthony hopkins scene on the bench where oh god like, yeah i think it's okay i mean that's tonight. one of the most amazing yeah, moments on. in the movie of course but then that ended up being you know so core and essential to it i do agree that it kind of it meanders around with a lot of stuff going on 
but I think it's all, all the threads are pulled together in my opinion towards the end with that. And yeah. I don't know, man, it just, um, I yeah, mean, it left an impact. It goes without saying the kid in it is spectacular also like what a, what yeah. a good performance. I think both kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Great, for sure. So. But it, it's really just a matter of, do you, do you like this type of storytelling? Sure, and, sure. um, and I generally do, but I, I think I lost some points for me. Um, the, and, the, you, know, you know, Anne Hathaway is interesting because she right. also, at, by the end of it, I have the same feeling about her that I did after Interstellar, which is that y- you put her in a movie with a dramatic part and you're not. Um, they didn't use her like they could have. Well, I guess that's my point is that how do you use Anna Hathaway? And I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I hate to say it, but I just think she's not very good in general. I don't know how to mm. use her well. And, uh, I, I don't know. I just don't, I didn't like her anyways. Fair enough. Yeah. <clears throat> um, moving along. Uh, did you see Till? I haven't seen Till yet. That's a, that's a, uh, I got, I got to work myself up to Till. That's an okay. all timer. And it was just as much devastating as yeah. you expect it to be. It's incredibly enlightening though. The, the dynamics of the South versus, you know, the North or whatever you want to sure, call yeah. it sure. during this period where our parents were alive or just being born <laughs> right. where you're like, this is within the generation that we're in is amazing. It's b- blows my mind. True. I mean, definitely our grandparents, True. if they're still with us. And it's just, it blows your mind how recent this is and, um, and, and how wildly, um, uh, fucked up, not just unjust. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's so, I mean, honestly, it's so fucked up, but yeah. no, I, I guess the, uh, what I'm getting at is that it's impossible for people of our, even our generation, but definitely younger that, you could ever conceive of this level of separation because it's really not, you know, it's, it is segregation by definition, but it's also just like a separation of peoples that obviously we have lots of problems today, but I just think that but this is like progress not, has been made. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. are in a different place it's, today. It does remind we you when you see how things. terrible it was that obviously it's still depressing and you always think like, why can we not just, do the right thing. God, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and like fix it. But then, yeah, it is a reminder that how you've moved the needle when, when literally a race of people are not full people at that point. For you sure. You know what I mean? For like, sure it's not. not just, Oh, separate, but equal. It's separate, but far from equal. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? That's where you were at that point. It's separate and you don't mean anything. It definitely leaves you with a pit in your stomach, but it's yeah. a, it's a very profound movie and it's, uh, it's also beautiful in a lot of ways. It's more colorful of a movie than you would, expect just meaning like the color palette of the movie is very bright and and colorful and and it's it's not near it it attempts to to bring the mood sure you know up uh to to enlighten and have have you not so down but anyways well not not um, to speak too long check it this, out. but to kind of segue off of that yeah. jess and i went um on friday night to um to kill a mockingbird at the pantages oh yeah stage Right. Which is I've to me one of those the greatest signs, books yeah. and one of the greatest movies ever made. And sure. That was my dad's favorite movie. And he was an attorney, but um sure. but that was like really, really struck a chord with him. And it was you know, it spoke to the same thing you're talking about. And it really really struck a chord with me because you know, I grew up in, you know, Goldsboro, North Carolina in, in the South. And um it uh it, you know, you you see people as a whole and you see people as 
certainly three dimensional and not evil, but there's things you just disagree with so profoundly, sure. you know, and fundamentally, and you just can't, it's very hard to wrap your head around. And, um, he talks about, you know, Atticus in this story by the end of it is, you know, he's saying he's so convinced that, you know, there's no evidence of this and we'll, you know, because we'll, we'll follow the letter of the law. We're good Christian people, yeah. even if we have our differences and dislikes and whatever. And then when it all doesn't go that way, there's a moment on the stage, which I don't know if I can't remember if this was in the book and just not in the movie or if Aaron Sorkin has changed things you know, right. a little bit for the play and updated it. But it's him talking about how he doesn't know these people anymore. You know what I mean? Like he's it just profoundly changes him and that he, yeah. he doesn't think he knows his neighbor anymore. Do you know what I mean? Because he can't fathom how someone could yes. put someone to death on something that's, you know, just clearly untrue yep. to keep the status quo. quo. So anyway, um, I know that's not a movie. That's a play and shit. It's part of the shit. <laughs> what's, what's great about that though, is it just made me think of, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching enterprise, uh, you mm. know, for, I had seen por- portions of enterprise when it aired, but I don't think I got past the first season. I'm moving like, through I was, the first season as well right now. I was only 12, you know, when it started 13, yeah. when it yeah. started airing and I just didn't, I didn't watch all of it. I'm on an episode in the second season right now. That was maybe in my like top five or 10 episodes of any star Trek, wow. but I haven't seen a lot. I haven't seen all of star Trek, but sure. It's definitely, I would say my favorite enterprise episode so far. And it's a, it's a, it's a courtroom to kill a mockingbird drama. And they end up, you can pick out like two or three from TNG that are court. That's what I was about to say. Measure that are a man. the absolute fucking Measure best. Measure a man is the greatest. And, and this one is a Klingon courtroom episode. And it's so good. I loved it. So, uh, you need to watch. I mean, you're watching yeah, through, but it through, like yeah. make a note. Um, oh God, what's it called? It's called, um, it's called judgment <laughs> yeah, and it's episode title. 219. Okay. Um, so well, you'll, you'll get to it, but anyways, we could, we gotta be um, careful cause we could spiral completely out of control at this point because and, I've got a lot of Star and Trek and go thoughts. into Star Trek. Okay. But, let's but finish TV stay. or excuse me. Let's finish yeah. movies. Um, you saw tar, right? I did. Yeah. What do you think? I just think this is controversial. This is a hot take. So everybody prepare yourself, write in with your hate mail. I don't care. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I just think Kate Blanchett is the goat. I think she's the greatest actress. I think you might be right. Um, I and it and it's no disrespect to Meryl Streep. Everybody, calm down. Yeah, we can have slight differences of opinion. No, one A, one B. I think it is. But I've been thinking this since she played Bob Dylan. In yeah, the movie. Right, right. And it's not. It's not that I. I, I have great respect for the movie. I, I, it's not like a movie that I love, you know, yeah, or something yeah. I would seek out to to watch. I think it's incredibly interesting. I think it's very super well made. There, yeah. I, I don't really have a criticism of yeah, it. Yeah. But she is the heartbeat. I mean, she carries every. It's kind of like um when we uh, if you watch Spencer, where we talked about how this is just the camera following this one person. Do you know yep. what I mean? Like through Loved the whole it. thing. Yeah. So it reminded me of that. And I thought it was thought provoking and interesting and, um, and, and really, really strong. Um, I agree with all of that. And I will say that I did love it. Um, I'm on the fence. Uh, there's two movies that I'm going to talk about right now. Uh, Tar and a Banshees of Inishiran, which I'll, we'll get to in a minute where I have them both as a four on Letterboxd, mm-hmm. but they could very easily be a four and a half. Like, Isn't it funny how movies teeter? The, I, I these have so are, many these are teeter teetering, and uh, I could go either way. 
but uh, meaning that it's teetering on the high end sure. of four. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and Tar, I didn't even really know much about it, and I definitely didn't know what I was getting into. It was long. Um, I, if it doesn't get a Best Picture nomination, that's crazy. I think she'll to get me. for Best Actress regardless, <clears throat> but maybe th- I'm wrong. I think the movie is is one of the most competent, or in terms of making a movie, I think it's one of the best this year, but. Um, I definitely didn't care about, you know, orchestras and conductors and all of these things. I have no connection to any of this. I don't know anything about music really. And this is just such a like perfectly constructed and made movie. And the end I loved so much. And there's just, there's just so much to love about it. And her performance is obviously the reason, but it's also just like so well-written and shot. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. It's like gorgeously photographed. I don't know. It's just, it, it bangs on all cylinders and it reminds me of, uh, Tom, uh, Ford's movies. Like he did. Yeah. A, a single man, a single man. Yeah. And then he did nocturnal animals. Um, and God, it's that movie very similar Jesus. in, in tone. And it's very similar in like, how beautifully like slow and methodical and and perfect everything is um anyways loved tar it's also a very kind of i don't know if depressing is the right word but it's a very kind of depressed world in a way too yeah that he creates in his in in this movie as well i mean again that's not a knock on it it's just like yeah it is a very kind of i don't know you got to see it i guess Absolutely. Um, did you see Triangle of Sadness yet? No, I haven't gotten to Triangle of Sadness yet. Do you plan yet. on seeing that? Yeah, okay, I do. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think you should. Yeah. It's at very few uh, AMCs left, but I, but yeah. I am going to try. I would see the COVID stuff knocked me out because I was on pace. Even <laughs> if I just did my three, yeah, you know, sure. a week or whatever, or even two, yeah, I would have had Till and Triangle of Sadness and all that kind of stuff. But um, but I am uh, I'm planning on seeing that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Lori loved it so much, and I just am I'm on the fence about it. It's 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 exceptionally well written. But of all the things that it is, it's like to me, it's like just so well written. Mm-hmm. But then enjoyability and like all the other factors that come into it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know so, there's yeah. a lot. Of, yeah, yeah. That's that. Honestly, man, I find myself with stuff um, that's really good done. Well, I find myself a lot of time. We talk about our rankings and where we leave stuff. That's often it's trying to figure out where the balance of that is. A lot of times for me, how well done it's, it is. A lot of this has to do with is taste, it joyous at though. all. It's yeah. like, it, well, it's yeah, it's your sentiment. It's sentimentality. And, uh, I completely truly, subjective. truly did not. Like, I don't think I enjoyed watching this movie. I definitely respected it a lot. Thought it was exceptionally well written and and performed for that matter. Like oh, the performances are perfect. Um, well, from reading about it, I can't really imagine what enjoying it. it. What it has it to say about society is, of course, scathing and interesting, and I support. But then, yeah, did I enjoy it? <laughs> well anyways i'll check it out um but I, please watch it because that of any movie that we're going to probably talk about this year during oscar season i think that one deserves maybe like the most discussion interesting um, okay because there's it just feels like there's more to talk about there when, when we get to that um, point from a writing we're, standpoint yeah, yeah. Review. um uh, did you see black adam <laughs> 
No, by choice, I didn't say yeah, Black Adam, and I to. won't, so you can talk about it if you want. I'm, I'm not going to say much. Can't. It, it was exactly what you'd expect. Pierce Brosnan was the only thing I was the least bit interested in. <clears> and in and he's actually interesting yeah. in it to some extent. He's got some good moments, um, but the rest of the cast is very blah. The story is super blah, and um, The Rock is exceptionally not entertaining in it. He actually has very few lines like relative to most of his movies, he is obviously like a centerpiece of the movie, but he's also like this ancient God person. Sure. Yeah. And so he's not really the center of most of like what happens. He's needed, you know, constantly through the movie. Sure. But um, I don't know. He's just very boring. And so much of his part in it is CG because he's this CG flying guy that I imagine that his days on set are lower on this movie than any movie he's ever made. And it's like, that's weird because he's the guy that wants to show up and like beat people up and like do more time to work out and stuff. And, and yeah, it just seems like, (laughs) was he in this at all? He's a, I saw it. We talk about letterbox a lot, but I I, I saw a uh, review that really cracked me up. Not from anybody that I knew that just said when said something like when the, when the celebrity or actor who's built a career on taking the least amount of risks of, of anyone joins the genre of movie that takes the least amount of risks <laughs> yeah. ever. Like you're doubling you, you down. Get, on, you get black Adam. Yeah, yeah. It was like a double down yeah. on literally no chances. The safest taken at all. thing at all. And they were like that you get black Adam. Anyway, it was, it was a low review. The DC but, universe is really just blah. Yeah. They um, can't get it together. So rounding out my uh, last couple, um, Banshees of Inishirin, did you see it? You saw it, right? I did, and I'm going to be honest with you, man. I can't decide. I can't decide how I feel. I've been going. I've been marinating on this one a lot. When I say I can't decide, that's not to say that it's not yeah. um, already ranked as a, a good movie for me. Yeah, you know sure, what I mean? like sure, a sure. really strong movie. But I can't decide whether it should fall into like the great category. Do you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I know I this is fair in yeah. Bruges. And I know I prefer it to three billboards. Yes. Like if we're just going to follow this director, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really thought there's a, there's a lot going on and there's a lot of ideas and I, I applaud that, but I also can't completely decide where I stand on it as a whole. And I think I'm going to have to watch it again and think more about it. I think you're right. But look, I mean, I'll watch any movie those guys do together now. You know what I mean? Like, I I mean, and this is... Where did Colin Farrell come from that he... Because he's spectacular and in Bruges also, but, like, you take him at... Like, forgetting about in Bruges, Colin Farrell is not anybody I care about, and maybe I should... Yeah, obviously we yeah. enjoyed him in, in, in Bruges, but then you watch this and you're like, holy shit. I mean, he was in like the lobster and these other weird movies where I'm like, yeah, he's good. I think this is his best performance. This is definitely Far and away. top Colin Farrell for sure. 10 out of 10. And the whole movie to me is near perfect. I, this is why it's hovering between a four and a four and a half. I think probably four and a half is m- more accurate, but I, um, Every minute of it, I was just laughing and smiling, and I was, I, I was just so entertained by this movie. Virtually every moment of it, I was entertained. The the performances, like genuinely, because they're so dry. Yeah, they're 
some of the funniest dude performances I've ever seen. It's so dark and so depressing, and yet you're chuckling through. Every That's what scene. I'm saying. Like, and and I'm not. I'm not saying that uh, you're not partially laughing out of like discomfort and all these other sure, things. Sure, but it is. It's truly hilarious to me. And then uh, on top of that, it's uh, beautiful because it's just the setting oh, sells it. That, that's was, the other thing I wanted to mention. I was thinking about In Bruges and I'm like, In Bruges was great, but it's also a modern day movie yep. and a modern, you know, it's an, it's an old town, but it's modern. And this movie takes place in the 1920s in a, in a town of like 10 people on the coast, uh, not even the coast, on an, an island, island yeah. off the coast of Ireland. You can't get a more beautiful real location for a movie and then on top of that the story that you're watching is like 10 out of 10 so to me it was just perfect i i loved it and just from a story standpoint and like a structure standpoint there's some beautiful parallels from this sort of civil war type of thing that's happening you know but between different sets of irishmen on uh, you know on uh, they're on an island but on the right. mainland that is mirroring you know what's going on between neighbors <laughs> they can't see up here they're just like wow shit's going yeah, on over and there. it's <laughs> just over there and like it, it, again wow, it's, it's so poetic there, and yeah. it's but but i i came home and i told jess was asking me how i thought and i was like i don't know what i think about it yet but i think it might be the most beautiful movie of ireland like oh the yeah most beautifully you know, I know it's it's the island or whatever, but it uh, off the coast. But it's yeah. just like everything was so gorgeous, and also, um, and, and this might have had something to do with having Belfast come out recently, and also, yeah. I, I mean, I've never been to Ireland. My my ancestry is Irish, yeah, Patrick. But I but I remember like thinking, <laughs> John Patrick. I remember thinking, Kelly. Yeah, you never John know, Patrick Kelly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I remember thinking like. Well, like, 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 what are the best Irish movies or movies about Ireland? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when the Shakes the Barley came up and if you want to go historic, you're going to do like how green was my Valley and stuff. But I was just like, this is right there. Yeah. You know, immediately. Um, it has to be. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. See it. Check it out. Uh, but I think what you said about seeing it again, I think that's a big part I, yeah, of it. I need to, to see it again. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, at the end of my, uh, movie watching recently is black Panther. We went last night, black Panther, black, yeah. black Panther, Wakanda forever. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, yeah. I'm seeing Fableman's tonight, which I'm very oh, excited that's awesome. about. And then I'm going to go, cause that's black Panthers yet, the next one to You're check. It's, to it's, it's out here, but yeah, oh, a I see, of AMC, I see. but not like, oh, it's well, not shit, out I like, need to see it tomorrow. No, it's not out until like Thanksgiving for Maybe everybody. I'll see it tonight too. Where are you seeing it tonight? Um, AMC, I think we're going to Century City. Hang right on, on, I'll tell you right now. Hey, you guys want to hear where we're going? You guys can join yeah, this us. Is so by the way, if you're listening to, to this live, then you yeah. can. Yeah, you know that's an option. <laughs> <laughs> you can join us. I'll tell you right now. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, Century City, 7 o'clock. Oh, shit, man. Okay, all right, cool. I'll give you all the deets. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to that, deets, yeah. yeah. Um, Black Panther was a very, very good. I... Ryan Coogler is he's really a great storyteller and he has very good instincts about like okay we how do we make it a little different than a Marvel movie sure. and there th- those instincts are very good most of the movie still is unfortunately just bloated with CG like crazy yeah, sh- yeah. CG shit that kind of like you're just like all right we're just doing more of this stuff right right um well if nothing else it gave us the greatest trailer i've seen in about a decade the trailer is a work of art for sure um but the movie itself does have so much cool design really top-notch like costumes and locations and design elements um and truly creative more creative stuff 
than what you've seen in most Marvel movies. Um, and then I, the last thing I'll say about it is just that I think that the, the villain and the threat in this movie is one of the best in any Marvel. Oh, great. And that's usually the, the low point in these movies. It's a robot or it's a big army or whatever. And you know, it's, they still do that, but it's, this is such a more interesting backstory for the threat, um, and very menacing and scary. Um, but, uh, but yeah, see that for sure. And, um, and that's the end of my movie list recently. Um, have you seen any big ones? I mean, I've seen some other ones than that. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to name any other uh, yeah. theater ones other than, you know, Halloween came and went and oh, uh, yeah. we saw Halloween ends. Um, and it's appropriately titled because Halloween needs to end um, <laughs> that series. And listen, I, um, yeah. you know, I'm not a huge horror fan, but I am a fan of the Halloween movies. And I think it, I will give it credit. I told Justice, I was like, as much as I don't think it works and I think it's a total miss and just not very good. Yeah. All of these three new Halloween movies, which work kind of as a trilogy. So what was it? It was the Halloween. Bride ones. They just called it Halloween. Right? Halloween and then, and then Halloween, Halloween kills, kills Halloween, Halloween ends. ends yeah. And and all of these, there is a interesting and a worth telling a story idea at the core of all three of these. Yeah. And I'll give them credit because other than the first original Halloween, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is I think a masterpiece of like low budget sort of super storytelling yeah, yeah, yeah slasher yeah. storytelling yeah the, these three were the only ones that had an idea behind it and you know they really built they ignored every other you know part of the series all the reboots and As different sequels should, and yeah. everything else and went from the original to a story about the trauma of a victim yeah who had been victimized that many year before years before still dealing with that yeah and that was the best ending I think Jamie Lee Curtis could have ever hoped to have had because yeah. they do presumably kill Michael at the end of that one. Right. Bringing it back and having the next story, Halloween Kills, I don't know if you saw that one, about no, the, the society and the town, what they do turning on one another when you feel unsafe and sort of the not just the freedoms but like the um, civility that you will give up That's in order to survive. Yeah. And again, again, a bad movie. Like right. it's not good. But, but like at its core, like if you were pitching this, it's yeah. something you would take a swing at. And then this one, I won't kind of talk too much about it, but, um, but there's an idea behind this one as well. Um, and, uh, and once again, kind of about victims. So I think, you know, I'm of two minds about it. They're not good. It, I think, you know, they need to be done with them. I'm sure they won't, but, um, but I do think that there was a good idea between all three of these as trilogies, if this was what kind of followed Halloween. So saw those, um, watched a documentary called the music of 007. I don't know if you checked that out. We didn't watch it all, but we started it a couple of days ago and I can't wait to finish it, man. Um, Really great. Uh, Just a great sort of media documentary. Um, and I put my mom onto it cause she's a music teacher and she loved it. I mean, she was just, She's been talking about it for a long time. Right. Um, did you watch Raymond and Ray with uh No, Ethan is that Hawk any good? And, it is, man. It, it, it's not going to blow your socks off, but it is It is a good flick. Um, I'll put that on the list. Yeah, we enjoyed it. And then the one that was the biggest, most pleasant surprise to me that I really ended up enjoying a lot. I actually talked to Kevin about this, and he really was surprised by how much he liked it too. The Greatest Beer Run Ever. Whoa, really? Do you know that one? It's, no, like it's, beer run, like a, yeah. like, a, like, a, like what Kevin does? <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of beer run. <laughs> Running beer to people. Um, it's uh, Zach Efron. Oh. Um, and it is a Vietnam movie, a true story, really? about a guy who 
he he's in the merchant marines but he's not gonna have to go fight in vietnam and he hops one of his ships and does a beer run to bring his friends who were soldiers this is a very simplified version sure uh beer to show them that they're not forgotten as he watches all these protests where they're calling soldiers baby killers and he's but it's really about kind of his what he sees in that week long, you know, run or whatever. And sure. And his experience and the growth of this individual and, you know, a real horrific, but kind of beautiful story. I, I, I don't want to go, I don't want to do any spoilers, but like it, it was a really, really well done, you know, sort of, it's not coming of age, but loss of innocence, I guess, which all Vietnam movies I think really are, or all the good ones are. Um, it had no business being as good as it was. I guess that's the best way for me to say it, but you really should check it out. Oh, Greatest beer run ever. I, I just thought was really, really powerful and really, really good. Um, and shout out to Zach Efron because he did a really good job. Yeah, that's what's surprising to me. And there's I don't an, really care yeah, about no, for sure. And I'm the same way, by the way. But there's a um, <laughs> there's an element of it that has to do with kind of no one really knowing what's going on and kind of the insanity of Vietnam sure. and sort of a CIA angle that you will also really appreciate. It's very cool. funny. Cool. So um, check that out. Um, that's really all the only ones I've, I've really got to talk about. Um, there, there's a, there's a movie on Hulu called Roslyn and it's not incredible, but it is about, uh, but it is funny and it's about um, <laughs> the, the girl who breaks Romeo's heart before he goes to Juliet, you know, oh, like a day before. Yeah. So it's a fun it's angle right to kind of retell it. <laughs> yeah. And so I just wanted to throw that one out there too. Um, if anybody's looking for something. So for the, for those that are not aware, um, Patrick made a short film years ago called Mr. And Mrs. Capulet. And, uh, it was about <laughs> the Capulets if they had not died. And, uh, they were, uh, old and well, not old. They were Got older, married, married uh, realize maybe they don't have too living, much in common living in a trailer <laughs> and just barely getting by and uh and going at each other and uh that's that's a it's right up his alley he loves yeah. this stuff it was a it was a, it was a better <laughs> idea in script than movie no, no, but it was fun extremely clever and a lot <laughs> of fun, fun to work on yeah yeah um anyways uh, i think we could move to tv yeah i'm ready um, i'm ready a couple of things that are kind of winding down. We had the finale of Welcome to Wrexham, which was just great. And they, I'm so what a great series, glad they man. did so many episodes. They did like 18 episodes. But um, I do have a sound bite from episode 17, which was the second to the last episode. And uh, it just shows to the, like, they had a whole episode about this stuff. When can men slap each other's backs? Except when they're on a football field. Do men get close with each other because they love sports, or do men do sports because they want to be close to each other? There's a whole episode about masculinity and about they went and got colonoscopies together, and all, and it's just like these departures from the main story were just so fascinating to me, and how they looked at the culture of the place and individual stories. And this uh, series was so good; it was like very and, rich. And like the movie, which I've talked about a lot, the movie and the show for Friday Night Lights. Yeah. The best, th- the best stories about sports touch on this they don't have to be about it but it is about the culture that's kind of around it and how it how people identify with it and how it becomes part of their personality i mean particularly these soccer clubs i think in europe are beyond what we talk about even here it's not even a sport at that point and i know people have tattoos of kobe on their arm like it's a huge part of an entire culture and uh and movement and and uh, it's absurd but also beautiful and i think that's where it's a core human thing like it's like on one hand, you could tear it to pieces, you know what I mean? And yeah. they and they do talk about that with the hooligans episode and all that kind right. of stuff. But then on the other hand, it's just this kind of beautiful thing. And they, they really um, articulate 
yeah. you know, what's important and kind of powerful to culture. The about context and is given enough that you, yeah, you don't question. And I want to buy some Wrexham gear, but they've been out every time <laughs> we've tried because apparently this show has just blown, blown it they're up. Making, they're making the money to support yeah, the which franchise, is which, which is, is totally great. We're trying to contribute. Um, Rick and Morty is continuing to be great. They've had kind of a mid-season hiatus yeah, right now. It's one of the best shows coming ever. back next Sunday. Um, but I've got a, I've got a clip from that too that I thought was great uh, from episode six. Fire but up. surely there was some point between gunpowder and something called Amazon Prime that you folks had to think: Are we supposed to be running a planet? Wouldn't we rather make Marvel movies? How many Marvel movies have you made? Twenty nine and fourteen more on the way. See, you love doing that. <laughs> I just. By the oh, way, I almost texted way, you when that, that came was up. a that was a uh, a dinosaur talking. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the best episodes. I say this so many the times. The dinosaur episodes. But that was, was one of the best episodes they've, they've ever done to yeah. me. Agreed. It so. was so good. Um, oh, fantastic. And, uh, yeah. and Andor continues to be great. Um, I assume you're caught up or are you not? Completely caught yeah, up. Yeah. And I, I can't say enough good things. Um, I, I mean, I'm just. Yeah. It's, I feel the same way. You, you don't know, know. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I, I don't have the words. <laughs> you don't man. even it's, have to say it. <laughs> it's the Star Wars I didn't know I wanted, yeah. and I do want it. And now I'm, that we know that this can exist, and it can it can so delicately fit into the franchise without ruining anything. Yeah, it, it touches on like the the things that are fan service. And we roll our eyes at in all of these other reboots and rehashes. This handles with such grace and even down to the production design. I was really thinking about this versus Star Trek. Sure. When they announced Discovery as this new Star Trek series. Which one? <laughs> exactly. About that. Discovery, which is hot garbage. Um, they made a decision to make the environments in the show very much more modern than that of original series Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a huge, and huge issue. We if you kind really, of uh, there was a yeah. mo- there was a moment in time where the fan base went, "What you're pl- you're setting this before right TOS, and the bridge looks." Like it's from 2400, you know, it doesn't fit into the timeline and everyone's response was, well, what do you expect them to do? Not have like touchscreens and not have the fancy shit that we have today. And the answer was sort of like, well, yeah, make it look like the old one, what they did for a strange new world and and at least make a version of it. They sort of got there with strange new worlds, but it's still not even what I'm talking about. What I'm also referencing is that I'm in the middle of watching Enterprise, which, of course, Enterprise was produced 30-plus years after TOS, and they did a great job yeah. of making Super it Super rudimentary, look yeah, comparatively. Earlier than TOS, even though it, 30 years had passed and we had all kinds of you know new technology. They did right. a very good job of that. Right. And then you look at Andor, and you're like, they fucking put – Virtually every piece of technology exactly where it needs to be to fit into 1977 Star Wars in such a like respectful way, but with talent, with real like thought 
in production design to go, okay, how can we make this cool, but also exactly where it needs to be in canon? And and that's just one element. The the writing of this show is just so, so spectacular. Great. And the performances and just the 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 speed at which they're telling the story, all of it yeah, is Yeah, there have been like, to, to the point of speed, there have been like three um, separate kind of movements within this season <clears throat> that all could have been and with other Star like Wars shows movie. probably would have been or its own season. Like, or its own oh, season. We were yes. just in the prison for the season or the heist was Isn't the season. Isn't that weird or, that they put all this into one all season? All of them have been really good. And by the way, that heist episode, which to me was kind of the peak so there's far. A, there's a trilogy of the heist essentially happening. But, but the when final, they're hitting yeah. it, yeah. I, I remember actually thinking, and I and I enjoyed Rogue One. I know you weren't as big a fan, but, no, yeah. but I remember thinking, why didn't we get this in Rogue One? Like this is it's sort of what we were waiting for, right? This yeah. sort of uh, sequence is what I think we really wanted out of that. Um, the that director movie. of that episode, that trilogy of episodes, her name is Suzanne, Susanna white. And I just have to shout out her because that trilogy is like a masterpiece. That's a movie. Yeah, so that good. is a movie and it's a great movie. And then we still keep getting the show. It keeps happening. Yeah. And by the way, I have a clip from one of those episodes. Um, that's just dialogue that I thought was just very, uh, nice. Okay. The pace of repression outstrips our ability to understand it, and that is the real trick of the Imperial Thought Machine. It's easier to hide behind 40 atrocities than a single incident, but they have a fight on their hands, don't they? Our elemental rights are such a simple thing to hold, they will have to shake the galaxy awfully hard to loosen our grip. It's such Just a mature, writing. more mature take. It's, it doesn't undo anything you know about the Empire, but for the first time ever, including all the shows and movies and prequels and everything else, you're really getting idea of how this um, evil bureaucratic machine yeah. works and why people hate it. And all these off worlds, which are like the colonized areas having no due process. I mean, you know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't get that as bad as you know, the empire is you don't get an example of that until now and how it feels very real. Yeah. And, and honestly, man, the, you know, the torture, for example, and yeah. how, and, and like all of these things are relevant to like the world now, you know what I mean? And yeah. like war and what we That's do why and all I these other it. things. It's so well but written into our culture. It's just yeah. so well done and it's frightening and it's, um, I don't know what to say. It's, it's the most grown up star Wars you'll ever get. Oh yeah. Um, and like I said, I, it doesn't undo the, the star Wars that makes you feel like a kid again, which, which is the, the greatest Yep. part about it like it all seamlessly very works together and i love it yeah i love it that's a uh, well said um in in much lighter fare i did see the premieres of yellowstone and tulsa king at amc theaters yeah how was a couple that of weeks ago and super enjoyed that um notice how i put that in the tv section even though i saw it at a movie theater yeah, um, <laughs> yeah we're blurring lines here man so blurry spielberg's gonna hate um, this segment uh yeah exactly so uh, it was great, and Yellowstone continues to be great. I think that the direction they're going in with the characters is great. And uh, and then Tulsa King premiered after, which is this new show from Taylor Sheridan. He wrote and produced it, and um, I forget if he directed the premiere. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but it, uh, it the, the story that they're telling is different than what I expected, but it's okay. And, um, and of course, you have Stallone Sly, being yeah. fucking awesome. He's and so he's so wonderful. It's an American treasure. That I'm just like, yeah, I need him in a TV show where he's awesome. And he is awesome. And this show has lots of fun characters. And uh, and I only saw the first episode, but it's premiering uh, today, uh, the 13th. So cool, cool. Uh, please, please watch it. Um, 
and there are uh, some other shows that I'm not going to talk about, but that have started. Like there's a new season of The Vow, uh, the documentary series on HBO. There's a new series of White Lotus, White Lotus yeah, and uh, Mythic Quest started back, which is oh, one of I my didn't favorite shows. That. Yeah, yeah, there have only been two episodes, but uh, I'm going to watch that as soon okay. as we, we finish caught recording. White Lotus, <laughs> but we did not we did not realize. Mythic Quest. I'll have yeah, to yeah. tell Jess because she's a big fan too. Love Mythic Quest. Um, that's it for my TV list. What do you got? Any- um, well, uh, so Rings of Power. Yes. <laughs> and I just raved about Andor. So, you know, I, hopefully that'll buy me enough cred to not seem like just a hater and an angry old get off my lawn guy. Yeah. I don't can't remember if I've talked to you about this or not, but it's very interesting to me how like my, my two absolute favorite properties, you know, you could throw Indiana Jones in there, but really Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Sure. These are the mythologies I grew up with as a kid and wanted to create as an adult and you know, love the most, closest, nearest, and dearest to my heart. Yeah. It's amazing how much they have mirrored one another in the trajectory of how it, how they've evolved. Yeah. The original Star Wars series to me, stories worth telling, great developed stories, um, executed perfectly, especially for the time, right? Original Lord of the Rings trilogy, same exact thing. It hits on the execution, it hits on the story. Second Star Wars series, we get to the prequels. Stories that are very strong, you know, a fall from grace, the the Mm -hmm. background that we've all kind of thought about and wondered how was that story executed really poorly, right? Like really in the kind of uh, comically, comedically. Yeah. Uh, The Hobbit series for Lord of the Rings came out second and was a prequel. Um, Same thing. Strong story. Great book. Bloated into like three movies for some reason. (laughs) Inexplicably long, dumb, (laughs) executed, just really bad like there's yeah. no, no real defending it i don't know how it was the same creator for both right, of those exactly yeah the third version of both of these new creators we handed off to someone else to tell a story that maybe didn't need to be told but at the very least doesn't have the direction and isn't doesn't have all its ducks in a row isn't ready do you know what i mean to yeah. be told yet like half-baked let's just go and then executed really well yeah, right. Like really well done films. Like if they're right. not Star Wars and you're not relying, they don't need to work and make sense. Then <laughs> they're just their own thing. It's like, great. Rings of Power, same thing. You're watching and you're just like, man, this is beautiful. Like they didn't, it wasn't what I worried about, which was um, Wheel of Time. You know where I said oh, this yeah. looks like it was made by yeah, on a shoestring really budget and the, holy shit. The visuals. They clearly the didn't pour any money budget, into that, yeah. but they put everything they had into this. Yeah, right. So all my issues really are just or just story things. And really a friend of mine told me, they were like, you know, don't worry about it. It's, you know, it's fan fiction. It's the most expensive fan fiction ever. That's, that's what you're going to get now. Tolkien's dead. You know what I mean? Like he, he only wrote brief outlines on this stuff. He didn't flesh it out. And it's like, okay, sure. Um, and I've said this over and over again, but I can, I don't like being backed into a corner by people who say like, if you were an investor, you would also put all your money into Marvel and do the same thing over and over again. It's like, yeah, I would but I'm not the investor. And if I was the investor that put all my money in, then the fan that's really just going to see the story and wants the best story, you know, out of it, they would have just as much right to be annoyed or frustrated by me making money that way. It wouldn't change me from making the money, but I feel like it's like, People are like, you can no longer critique something. is, Is the argument, what else were they supposed to do? I think the argument is just like, what do you expect? Or what do you expect them to do? And it's annoying to me because... Make a better thing is what I would expect. That's (laughs) that's fine. But like even beyond that, it's like 
I don't have to like something just because I understand how it works. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to be like, people don't have to be like, hey, you know, humans are corruptible. Our government should work a lot better. Well, what do you expect? So we're just supposed to be like, okay, well, then I'll never complain again at the corruption. Because what do I expect? (laughs) You know, if I was a politician, I'd probably take a bunch of money too. So how can I be mad at someone for taking? Well, for one thing, I didn't actually take the money. So this thought exercise (laughs) isn't relevant. But anyway, so that's kind of my idea on it is just like, it, there were mo- it was a mixed bag. It wasn't an ap- absolute dumpster fire. It wasn't as bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like right. I was worried and everything else. Like right. there were moments I really liked that I thought were really true to the spirit of Tolkien, and then there were moments that I was just like, oh my god, um, you know, and kind of like painful and embarrassing. Um, they're going to go on. I'm sure they've you know they planned five seasons. Um, from what I've read and what I've looked at, it has not been the juggernaut they wanted it to be. I don't right. even if it had been perfect. I don't know how it was ever going to be that. Um, you know this plan i'm I'm just not sure i, I i'm but. curious about the reach of a property like this like the lord of the rings movies made a lot of money right tons yeah did the hobbit movies make yeah big money also a okay. ton of money here's sure. the thing you got to remember it's it's globally because the books have been around so long mm. and there are so many fans of the books There's, i yeah. do think it makes sense kind of like with marvel where you're just like guys the people are out there we just have yeah, to the whole world will so, enjoy it and, yeah. I, and i know that that's a double-edged sword and i try not to be a hater and i understand that a lot of people because it matters to them nothing will be good enough yeah and it really i just don't think it was that to me man like it really was like i'm like no you I don't think you should have tried because I think the odds are so stacked against you. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm just like, I'm not going to pretend this stuff all hit, you know what I mean? And all struck a chord just because it's like, well, your expectations were so high, you know, again, what did you expect? And it's like, well, sure. But, but I'm reporting what I actually think of it. You know what I mean? Like not based on anything else. So I do think there's enough fans out there. And I think the fact that it's, you can say whatever you want. I know the trolls are out there. I know they're trying to blast stuff and blow it up from the inside because there's black hobbits or whatever you want to say. But I also think that you would have just had higher viewership throughout. And I think you would have higher ratings overall with this big of a worldwide audience had, had more people felt that it was good you yeah, know, or, or right. great. I shouldn't say good. It is good. It, it, there's, it's not saying this is just bad would be unfair, but you know, again, you're starting from a story that people think are great. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. giving you the elements that are great and this incredible world that you could mine. That's great. And I don't know, man, it was just, um, like I said, mixed bag. It's not something I won't come back to whenever, I don't know how long it'll be before yeah. season two. Who knows? Could be three years, could be a year. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, overall just a meh. It, w- it was right down the middle for me. It yeah. was about half great. And then half like, why would you ever make that decision? Sounds like so, it was better, you know, than like you say, you, yeah, you than I expected thought. originally, but, um, but what a bummer for any of our favorite franchises to just not be given the absolute best treatment that they can, right. because that's really what you're getting at is that when you have something that's this beloved and this old and this respected and this proven through the original trilogy, which I don't know, sure, but sure. it, it, uh, it's, well, you're aware of, I'm aware that they are Academy award winning masterpieces that, um, you're just kind of like, ah, maybe just like waited until you had it like a better story right. written and right. maybe worked a little harder at the story, you know? And I yeah. guess that's the whole thing is that it seems like movies and shows are 
based more on schedules and budgets than on are we ready with exactly. the story. And, and that's what I was trying like, to get oh, to. Like, oh, it has to come out in 2023. Exactly. So this is what better. I was and trying to get to originally. very clearly what happened with the Skywalker, you know, sequels. Yes. Those three yes. movies are a function right. of we didn't have a story. Right. We had a date that it had to be made by. We bought and this we and we were money, not going to wait. And we were not going to wait. Yeah, that that is what I was trying to get to at the very beginning, and that's what annoys me so much about the "what do you expect" thing, right? They bought this property; they're not going to sit on them. it. Like, I don't care if they have to wait for ten years. As 100%, a fan, 100%, if they 100%. bought it, I'm saying it's it's just they're incapable of stopping these machines once they get going. Yeah. It's kind of like Back to the Future. Oh, it's going to be terrible to recast Marty, but yeah. we know we need to. And imagine, like today. If it was just like, you know, we've already shot. We can't give you that time back. So let's just make the movie. We yeah. all know it's wrong, but let's just make the movie. That's kind of how it feels now. And honestly, there's an example yeah. of that with Lord of the Rings. When Peter Jackson did the first trilogy, they cast someone else as Aragorn, one of the major characters, one of yeah. probably the three biggest characters on the story. And they had already worked with him for a significant amount of time. And they were like, dude, it was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. He had come over to New Zealand and everything else. We just realized we had made an error. And that's like the tough call you have to make. Yeah. And I don't think anybody even thinks about making that call anymore. I mean, right. in certain things, there's there's exceptions to the rule, but the rule is the machine gets going, get on board. It's yeah. coming out at this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not We're just ideal. trying to make our days. Yeah. We got to finish the day and then move It's not on. ideal for storytelling. So yeah. hopefully that wasn't too long of a rant. No, but no. those are my thoughts. Having know. not seen it, that all makes sense and it fits in with uh, what, you know, what's going on uh, with the uh, entertainment um anyways uh i think we can move on to like news we start unfortunately with a few people have passed away i want to mention um we talked about robbie coltrane um angela lansbury died she was 96 man of course star of uh murder she wrote and many other things um leslie jordan very funny guy uh died in a car accident that was really terrible sad man he was great he was only 67 um Aaron Carter died at 34. That was also terrible. Um, a lot of people. And then, of course, Kevin Conroy, the voice actor. He's many voices, but he was the voice of Batman for most of our lives. Um, he did all the animated series. He did m- so many subsequent movies and shows and games. Um, and, uh, and we really wrestled with whether or not to open with with him, you yeah. know, a clip of him, just because, and, you know, no disrespect to Robbie Coltrane, I think they were right there. Yeah. Which is right. Both of them, in terms of just us and our fanhood and what we went through, yeah. those are kind of the big ones. But, um, to me, the animated Batman series, it's you know, def- is it's definitive. Yeah, it's it's the most correct. It's in the terms voice. Of tone it's and everything the face. Else. It's the guy. It's, it's all the right. drawing. It's the the tone. It's and I don't even know that you can. Perfect. I don't think it's even fair to compare it to live because I don't think live action would even work to the same degree. No, do, even if it's they copied it exactly. It's a and, but, the, but that is why it is to me the most superior in terms of just tone and getting. Do it Do you remember when right. we saw Mask of the Phantasm at the Vista? Of course, for, yeah. Uh, like secret sense super secret fun to revisit yeah. i i loved that movie growing up it was one of my favorite it's my favorite batman origin story to this day oh yeah absolutely. of any of them yeah. on screen and and by the way not to go too far with this but to spin off of this i rewatched the batman oh yeah um, recently I, sh- I should probably do which that. i had not seen since the theater yeah. and uh even better to me um now that we're talking about batman that's it, one it that jumped another notch i for me felt that way afterwards i was like I, I think on a second viewing it's gonna i had even be better. i had a um an idea of it and it went a couple different ways that i didn't expect and mm-hmm. i think that threw me enough that i wasn't 
just taking it for what it is yep. the first go round. And, and yeah. when I watched it this time through, I was just like, you know, this is as good as a Batman, you know, again, can yeah. kind of be put together. I, yeah. I found it very, very powerful and very, Matt very Reeves good. Is just awesome. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait for another one if we're getting one from him. So. Um, anyway. Speaking of which, when the fuck is the Vista going to open? Tarantino, I know you're listening. <laughs> Come on, man. I saw your, I saw your liquor permit went through in June. And it's Stop November. giving us five star ratings. You if you're said not last year that by Christmas of last year it would be open. Now we're a year later. Um, and you know, speaking of this, like we may never get Tarantino's tenth movie for this reason. <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> he's got a couple he's busy kids dealing now. With he's very happy. Licenses. He's opening theaters, and you know, God bless him. If that's uh, the way, I'll be happy with he's once got a new, time in Hollywood. He's got a new book out, which I bought, um, and I haven't uh, started. Who knows when I'll have time to read it? But, I saw him um, on late night re- yeah. promoting it. So. Right, right. Um, uh, just a couple of news bits. Um, I want to shout out Aladdin. It's got a 30th anniversary coming up in a few days. Oh, um, that's what an all time cool. great. Yeah. Um, the, that movie that uh, the DP got shot by Alec Baldwin, Rust, is resuming production. No. Yes. With everyone? Presumably. I don't know. I don't know. I, um, I didn't read. I didn't read. Uh, I mean, I didn't like actually with, read the I, article. I, when I asked with just, everyone with I, Alec Baldwin, well, I guess is my question. Pre- presumably, yes. Um, but uh, don't uh, quote me on it. I just saw that headline and I went, I don't know, "Oh man. fuck this! Why? Why? Uh, I don't know." Also, in the category of why, uh, Westworld was canceled. Totally justified because that I started this recent season of Westworld with hopes that I would gain something from it. And it was just so bad and it just kept getting worse. And it's like, it it costs so much money. It's so beautiful. And it's Mm -hmm. just like the absolute worst storytelling ever, ever put on screen. Everything post first season, right? I mean, that's pretty much. Yeah. And you could, you could argue that just like lost, even from the beginning, in retrospect, you're like, oh, they never knew what they were doing. Sure, sure. We, we can look at the first season as something very entertaining. Got you, got But there's you. not, there was never. A, but when you have that knowledge, it changes your perspective, you, you, even you, on the you good. Only, yeah, yeah okay. you only get that perspective after. like episode watched, seven for me. <laughs> I watched three straight seasons of Westworld and then got into the fourth before I was like, you know what? They've always sucked. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, um, and so, oh, but the, the funny part is that it was canceled yet. They're paying everybody's contracts through the season that was never even made. Wow. Like, how does that happen? I, I have no idea. So all the main cast is getting paid for a season that they never worked. Wow. God, we got to get into the biz, man. Isn't that crazy? How are <laughs> those crazy. contracts? How, do, I, how does that exist? I have no idea how um, that, I guess they got good agents, the actors. Yeah. I don't know. Um, that's and wild. of course, that's not going to filter down to everybody. We're talking about probably yeah, yeah, yeah. a few main people. Um, James Gunn is supposedly going to be the new head of DC. Uh, yeah, that was that, interesting. That, because he's so in both camps, like he's, yeah. making, he's making Guardians shit, and then he's, of course, making, he made, the recent Suicide Squad, which I thought was really good. Maybe he'll um, get the machine moving the way the Marvel machine is moved. Considering that I Black don't know. Adam was just like so blah, but then we have this new Shazam coming out, which takes place in the same – like Shazam and Black Adam are supposed to be the same yep, yep. thing, and they're not, and they're choosing for them not to be, And but they share characters, yeah. and they share backstory. Like it's there's, the same magic. It's, it's the, the same yeah. exact universe that they're in, part of the DC universe. Um we uh, have Harrison Ford set to be a general in the new Captain America. Did you see that? He's cast no. in the new Captain America movie as a general. What? And I was like, that's great. 
I love. I love an old general. Give me as much Harrison as like we got. uh, We got what's his face? Um, uh, 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 Tommy uh, Lee Jones? No, Sundance. uh, Fucking oh, Robert uh, Redford. He remember he was in one. Sure, and that's I think a perfect. Tommy Lee Jones was in the first. Robert Redford was in the second. That's what I'm saying. It's like boom, boom, boom. Uh, anyways, wow. isn't that great? Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I'm, I I'm ready. Like I want that. as much Harrison as I can get um, as long as we got him. As a side note, all Star Trek movies are now on HBO Max. So I was like, oh, maybe we could do a cool. commentary episode. I would love to. That's the way I would like to revisit a Star Trek movie. Yeah, is doing, a commentary, doing a commentary. Yeah. Like at this point, that'd it's, be my favorite way to do it. It's, uh, it's uh, I think, first on my list. Yeah. Sure. Um, let's talk about. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, yeah, Before, yeah. I just want to yeah. let everybody know because this is important. Um, RIPD2. Um, is is now um, are you serious no <laughs> you know it's real though rest in peace division two is a real thing now you remember rest in peace division yeah but do you remember how everybody was like why does rest in peace about? division exist yeah um yeah there's a new rest in peace division there's rest in peace I division don't. two oh. new cast <laughs> so to your point of like so the reason i wanted to bring this up God, is so sad. it's so perplexing sometimes you know, we make this argument of like, well, why are we doing nothing but, you know, the Marvel stuff and everything? And it's like, well, they're making that choice because they know this is a bona fide hit. And again, whether I like it or not, I get it. But there's very little room for everything. And somebody somewhere greenlit Rest in Peace Division 2 of the movies that are going to come out. That is now one of them. It and, just, I, and I'm sorry to be so mean. When I, when I but. hear things like this, I just think very kind of wistfully about all the stacks of scripts that are on desk. Oh, believe me, bro. And I know, you know, better than anybody uh, that could possibly understand this, that those scripts are not scripts of franchises or intellectual property. Those are scripts from people's brains of original ideas. Yep. And because of course the franchise stuff is written by committee and it is, uh, what do you call it? Like it is, um, uh, uh, you know, contracted out and it is thought up by a studio to be written as opposed to the original scripts that pile up on, on producers and, and agents desks and stuff. And there's so, there's clearly so much great stuff in there. That just isn't getting made. And if it is getting made, it's not given the time of day. It's definitely not given a fair shake to. No one's going to find it because they're not going to promote it. No one's going to market it. No one's going to promote it. And uh, so they might make it uh, like reluctantly and then give it the smallest budget they possibly can. And then, uh, you know. Yeah. No commercial budget. It's just such a bummer. Such it's it's nonsensical. Bummer. It's a nonsensical choice. So I just wanted to bring it up because all you have to all... do is take a weekend and go watch like four or five or six movies from the, let's say the seventies, eighties and nineties oh, that know. are singular original movies. They could be action. They could be time sci-fi. To be alive, they could man. be whatever. Yeah. But you look at something, you're like, Oh, look at Gattaca. Sure. And you're just like, Holy oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, where does this stuff come from? Um, and you watch really fun original stuff that is not based on anything or like last action hero or whatever. And it, it can be fun and it can be original at the same time and it can be, um, popular. Yeah. Um, but it just, you have to work at it. You, you have gotta, to give people a chance to discover you, it and they're not giving anyone any chance to discover anything. Like respect anymore. your audience. Don't make RIPD yeah. too. 
It's wild. Anyway, um, I'm, glad, I'm glad, sorry for firing you up, but that's exactly how I felt. And I looked at it and I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> anyway, I, I just needed to bring that there's up. A, that I, so now here's where I generally talk about upcoming and trailers and stuff. There's so many trailers out. This winter is going to be a fun winter. We've got, you know, this whole, um, uh, what do you call it? Kni- uh, Knives Out movie, Glass uh, Onion. Yeah, Glass Onion. Coming out soon. We've got John Wick 4 trailer is out. Um there's here's a fun one for a tv show which is only out in a few days did you see the trailer for the netflix show pepsi where's my jet this sounds no awesome. but i you know, know about that these is. two different people who held them to account when they so there's a documentary yeah. series coming out in a few days called pepsi where's my jet about that whole thing with the jet uh the harrier and i can't wait to watch that um we have a trailer for the guardians of the galaxy holiday special which is going to be out this i'm pumped for that man uh, I, that's a cool that's I'm, time. I'm like yeah great let's watch it and see. hopefully it'll be great like let's make fun content yeah and if you're going to take from ip like then yeah make it fun and, and especially and with all the legend of the very bad star wars ep- <laughs> you know like the clearly yeah, we're leaning yeah. into this has become no, totally. this thing that the culture they know about. what they know what they're doing yeah um and uh we got a, a longer picard season three trailer which is really like, you know, it's like making me very scared. Right. Um, and we got uh, the Ant-Man Quantumania uh, trailer, which looks interesting. Um, and has the villain from uh, Loki. In so it. heavily uh, CG. Like when I think of Ant-Man, I think of Ant-Man hanging around in San Francisco and doing San Francisco right. stuff. Sure. And this one is like very clearly all. Well, they're in that realm the whole time. It's just going to be environment. Yeah. It's going to be like fantastic. Um, voyage so I from just the 60s. I just hope which is OK. Yeah. I just hope that they keep the culture of Ant-Man, which is like comedy and levity and stuff, at least somewhat present. Um, I just don't know that they are because every moment in that trailer is just so dark and like, you know, yeah. and, and Paul Rudd's not getting to do, you know, be the funny stuff, be cute or fun or anything. Yeah. Um, We're not having Michael Pena, uh, also Michael through. Douglas has been 75 for 30 years. Listen, it was everything I could do not to mention that about. Clearly, um, we're talking about a guy that was like 55 and then 65 and then 75 and then 85, and he's still working at 80 or whatever. But he has looked 75 forever. Well, there's a couple people. I mean, um, he still looks good. Angela Lansbury, he's... who we mentioned, had passed away. Yeah. Part of the reason it seemed like she had been around for so long is, you know, <laughs> well, she played the mother in Manchurian Candidate in the 60s, in the 60s. and she was like three years older than her, you know, oh son in that movie. So she she'd been this had grandmotherly figure. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Maggie Smith is the same thing. She's, yeah. She's just been 94. She was the great great grandmother in Hook. That was 91. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, and she wasn't that old at that point. Right. So it's just, it's interesting yeah, how certain people and Michael Douglas is now, and look, if Michael Douglas has a run like Kirk Douglas, we're going to get another 40 years of him. I mean, his dad was 104, 103. Um, So, and hopefully we will, but, uh, but it is, you're right. It is weird. It's just, you see him. One day he went from like leading man to like, now you're going to play the mentor. You're older. And now it's been like two and a half decades of that. Um, Anyway. Um, Last trailer thought is uh, Avatar way of water. We got a full trailer as opposed to like the teaser and uh, there's actually one or two versions of the, of the full trailer. Have you seen them? The kind of longer one. Yes. Yeah. I've watched it's everything significantly more inspiring and interesting to me, the long trailer. And I, it's, I mean, I I'm, agree. I'm excited for it purely because like yesterday we saw black Panther at uh, 
the Chinese theater IMAX, which is beautiful. Like that's a, an amazing projector. And so we saw in IMAX, you know, the new Avatar yep. trailer on one of the biggest screens in the world with the best color and best, you know, everything. Sure. It wasn't 3D, but it was gorgeous. And I just don't even give a flying fuck what it's about. It is going to be <laughs> yeah, so well, beautiful to look at. That's what I was going to say. Then I'm I'm 100% excited for the visuals. The whole point of this is the same as the 3D of the original Avatar, which yeah. again, I don't care about Avatar, but like you said, it was an experience going it's such a visual experience and it's such a theater experience and yeah. since we argue yeah. so much that you we want the theater to maintain and can continue and all right. this other stuff. Now, I, I don't know if you saw this and I don't know if it'd be alarming to you or maybe it wouldn't at all, but I don't know if you saw what Cameron kind of said about this. You know, what I had been told from the very beginning, and I kind of mentioned this last episode, not in any way am I rooting against this, but I said, you know, I'm not certain with the amount of time that's gone by and with Marvel emerging, whether people are going to care as much. Like when it came out, it was just the biggest thing yeah, ever, right? Right, right. Even though it was, was never really my thing. And Cameron had always, in my opinion, or from what I knew, planned five of these total, and he had to wait for the technology, right? But he had, but the story I thought was going to need all those things, like right. it was almost like a four part thing. And he uh, actually stated there was an interview uh, where he said the market could be telling us that we're done in three months, or we might be semi done, meaning okay, let's complete the story within movie three rather than movie five hmm. and not go on endlessly because it's just not profitable. He said we're in a different world now than we were when I wrote this stuff even, which again, that wasn't that long ago, right? He's not talking about since the beginning of his career. No, he's talking about like five he's years talking ago. About, yeah. <laughs> and he said, it's the one, two punch, the one, two punch of the pandemic and streaming. Yeah. Or conversely, maybe we'll remind people what going to the theater is all about. Which is what we I think hope. that's what he's banking. This on, film yeah. definitely does that. The question is how many people give a shit now? Yeah. Um, and he just said, at this point, we just got to play it out and see what happens. We're not going to continue this if it's not profitable. Right. So it was just interesting because I, um, you know, I hadn't really heard any of his thoughts on kind that's of the all world. very, um, what's the word like honest? Sure. Like more honest than I even expected. A hundred percent. Because yeah. he didn't have to comment on it anyway, but I know he's kind of gone on the record the same as Scorsese and really most great filmmakers and Tarantino talking yeah. about how it's not that we don't respect what Marvel does, they're they're making solid, you know, it's solid storytelling. People love it, but it is a machine that churns stuff out. And you know what I mean? And he's like, and then there's not room for other stuff. All these people have gone on the record talking about how it's kind of derailed overall filmmaking. This isn't anything new, but yeah, you know, right. in a way. And I think that's I wouldn't, the thing I wouldn't put that on Cameron to, uh, well, like I trust him. He might I do too. be he's crazy the, or he's a dick never or missed. But like I that's <laughs> I'm not uh, saying our, that I'm that's our point is that we do trust him. And so if he's gonna fucking make four more of these, I'm like, okay, if you think that's the right thing to do. And clearly he's saying that he's not sure yet. And that's sure. a great yeah. answer. I think I that's think it's the most better. It, yeah, wonderful answer better. you could possibly give, which is well, we got to see how it goes, and if it doesn't make sense, then Look, it won't. We if, won't. If as long as I never have to work with this guy, I'm always going to be a huge fan. <laughs> Isn't that? I'm funny? always going to yeah. love him. As someone who just watches the product, you know, this is like if I was teammates with Michael Jordan, might hate right. him, <laughs> but right. instead he's like the most inspiring basketball player I've ever seen. So, um, oh, one other one I wanted to mention: the Creed yeah. Three trailer dropped as a, a unapologetic. Uh, oh ridiculous God, that's a great trailer. Rocky yeah, I forgot fan. to mention that. I'm very excited. Once again, I just think each idea they've had for the Creed movies has been good yes. and fresh. And Those I think this is going to take it a new movies. way. And I'm pumped about it. And I'm also, I love Sly Stallone. 
He's always going to be my hero. He gave me Rocky. The original Rocky to me is superior to any of these other ones. Yeah. But I'm glad. I personally am glad. I think he's actually voiced some frustration at not being in this one. I think they left Rocky's story exactly where it should have right. been with him going home to his family. And I think it's time to move nice, into the yeah. Creed story and let's just tell that story. Mm-hmm. It's oh, We don't have to keep doing the fan service of you know yep. Rocky being there. Yep. I think this is a good direction to go. I'm very and I hope they that. don't come back with him. I was happy with that ending, just like Rambo 4 should have ended the Rambo <laughs> series, and 5 wasn't as good. So I'm yep. pumped about Creed 3, and that's in March uh, next year. And Some of these movies are so soon. Michael yeah. B. Jordan uh, directing, directorial debut. Oh, so I don't think I noticed that. Yeah. That's going to be interesting, too. So anyway, looking forward to that. Um, my next section is our what did they say section um, that we've done yes. a couple of times, a few times. And uh, Patrick sent me a clip from Dr. No, 1962, the, the OG, James Bond. OG James Bond. And uh, so I have he sent me a clip on YouTube and then I listened to the YouTube clip and then I watched it on Blu-ray uh, through my best speakers. Sure. And I was like, oh, it's it's pretty noticeably clearer on this better format, which you'd expect. Um, but I want to see if to his ears it's better um, or not. So uh, what I have is basically the the line is at the end of this clip. I'm going to play like a 20-something second clip They're just fighting. to give some context, uh, even though there's not much said. And then uh, I'll have the the. And, and by the way, it, this is Bond's first kill that we ever see in the series. Oh, is it? I don't, I don't think I haven't well, put that together. It's a but kill. This is a, an assassin driver that he has. The driver's driving him around, and then they get into a fight. And this is kind of at the end of the fight. Uh, Bond has kind of whooped his ass. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and here you go. Trying to get some answers out of him. Tell me how this now, that one was already hard to let hear. Let me have a cigarette. But he yeah. said, let me have a cigarette. Yeah. And he is opening up a pack of cigarettes. And he ate one. And the cigarette was and laced with cyanide. Yeah, it was a cyanide cigarette. So it was the last thing he said. Let's play it again here. Do you know what he's saying? To me, knowing what the line is, right? I I can. I think it's very unclear. Kind of like the "Let me have a cigarette." Yeah. But it is. I can understand what it is now. I can. Yeah. I can. Um, but when I streamed it and watched it on Amazon, yeah. Even knowing what the line was, I couldn't possibly get there. I was just like, yeah. Holy cow. Well, this um, is also a testament, ladies and gentlemen, to the quality of your home audio setup. <laughs> true. <laughs> if truly. you need any advice, please <laughs> send an email to us. So uh, the line, the line is to hell with you. It sure is. He's choking to death and dying to from cyanide, you. which must be painful. I don't know. I've seen it on a lot of movies. They always yeah, right. look really un- incredibly uncomfortable. And he's like, to hell with you. And it kind of sounds like there might be some accents in there. I can't exactly tell if he's kind of saying it weird, but um, I'll play it one more time now that you know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I hear it. (laughs) I thought uh, it was a fun, worthwhile entry. A hundred percent. It's, it's not, I think we we're kind of developing a scale now. And I think on the, there's no way you could possibly ever know what he said. End of the scale is Mickey from Rocky Two. Yeah. That was what we're waiting for Texas or whatever it was. But um, but this line lands somewhere towards the middle. Yeah. Um, especially like you said, when they've got this cleaned up, cleaned up version. But you know, I had VHS, the VHSs growing up. Sure. And I, I never, I was only reminded of this revisiting the James Bonds, but I never had any idea what this guy <laughs> sure. said before he died. I, 
I so. will say though that playing, uh, you know, various parts of Doctor No on Blu-ray, I was shocked at how the sound mix of that movie is very bad. Sure, and, I mean it's sixty-two to be expected, I guess, for the era. And but it, it wasn't a big franchise yet. Yeah, like it, exactly. it wasn't. They hadn't pumped it a bunch of movie into it. it was or money like, into yeah, it. they yeah. didn't know if this was going to be anything. Yeah, it's it's very light on tracks of audio, meaning there's not a whole lot of like sound effects tracks and music tracks. It's just very, very, very minimal and crude is the sound mix yep. of Dr. No. So yep. there's a lot of ADR uh, dialogue replacement. And unfortunately, it's that is not mixed in well into the the you know, native or native natural. Isn't uh, it wild yeah. how all these classic films, the ADR, it was almost like there was no attempt to match. The, as long as lips were moving, it's really like anime. <laughs> sure, you know, yeah. when the lips go up and down and you just jam in whatever line you've got. I mean, they've been doing ADR for a very long time. And so it wasn't new. It was like you say, the attempt just no kind attempt. of wasn't there or no the attempt. budget for sure. the time. Yeah. The maybe, maybe that was it. Maybe that's there. the more it's fair like, way. We're just going to do it. You got two shots of this. Quick yeah. Because no one's going to notice it. Oh and, boy. Uh, but it's also weird because presumably movie theaters, even though they might've been mono or stereo, you know, not significant sound systems, they were still significantly better than what anybody else had heard anywhere else. Sure. You know, we're not talking yeah, about yeah. home viewing yet for many decades. For sure. So in the 60s, you know, you're going to a movie theater and can you hear what this guy's saying in a movie theater? I I don't know. Right. I, don't, I sure. think it's in the mix. Um, anyways, so my next section is our, uh, do you want to do the movie year quiz or do you want to do Rotten Tomatoes course? I think we, we do years than tomatoes. Years. Yeah, I feel yeah, like that's, that's right. Our, that's kind of, that's so far that's been the way we've done it. mixing it up. Yeah. Um, all right. So I've got some random movies here created by a random movie generator. Um, we're going to start with, um, if you don't know, this is where Patrick guesses the year that this movie came out. Um, the first one is Contact. Contact came out in... I think it's 97 or 98. 97. We'll go with that. You said it first. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. I'll take um, it. Shrek the third. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Uh, Shrek the third, 2007. Yeah. Uh, ben Hur. Ben Hur was 1959. Correct. Uh, Blood. Diamond. By the way, that's the yeah. sound Ben Hur. <laughs> that was a silent Ben Hur. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Blood Diamond was 2006. Same year as the departed. Uh, six. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Thunderball. Thunderball, James Bond? Yes. Uh, Thunderball is 1964. 65. Oh, what a bummer. Oh, it's the fourth. So I'm super embarrassed. <laughs> um, I want to apologize to everybody. Um, I do know that Dr. No 62, From Russia With Love 63, Goldfinger 64, yeah, it's the fourth and movie, Thunderball yeah. 65. I yeah, moved yeah. a little too quick, and yeah, I just yeah, added three because movies. Because you love Golden, you Goldfinger. Can, you yeah. can count that one against me, but I feel fine about it. I know yeah, exactly when you, Thunderball you came out. Because you know when it came out. Okay. Yeah, and it was two years before. That was the first year they took a break after that one. You Only Live Twice was two years after 65. That was 67. That was the first year they actually didn't have a Bond movie for a year. So Imagine I apologize. I'm embarrassed, but, <laughs> but at the same time, but also, I knew that one. you know it. Yeah. Um, Birth of a Nation. Oh, boy. Um, I think Birth of a Nation was 1915. Correct. Yeah. Uh, what a, what a, you know what? What a miracle of, a, of, of technical filmmaking yeah. for the time, like the first great epic movie. Yeah. And what a just like, Un, un, you can't even def, undef, indefensible yeah, un, story or, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. KKK riding to the rescue of like yep. stomach churning. Ugh. Anyway, it's 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 it 
still breaks my heart that like the first great film yeah. was like this terrible. Sorry, I've said oh, it's a hundred years ago. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah. But anyway, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. But yeah, I know absolutely. the year, so that's all that matters. Amadeus. Amadeus is. 1984, I think. Correct. Uh, Wild at Heart. Oh, well, uh, I think if this is the movie I'm thinking about, which it's is Wild at Heart, David Lynch one, you know. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, 1989, 90. Damn. So okay, you were almost. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what? That might be my favorite David Lynch movie, though. I, I love. I Nick saw Cage it only two and, years ago for the first time, and I think I saw it in the theater, maybe. Yeah. And, uh, and I loved it so oh, much. Oh man. And it's Laura Dern, top, man, top uh, Lynch, holy um, moly, raising Arizona. Ooh, um, eighty-seven. Yes, um, and Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko is two thousand and one. Yeah, and so if we're giving you Thunderball, which I think is fair, um, you know what? I think we should not count Thunderball okay. because Contact. I might have said ninety-eight. So let's say between the two of them. No, I I'm always okay if you're like. Going, if you say out loud, uh, it's either this or this, especially <laughs> if you enough. start okay. with one, I'm sure. like, no, okay. you know what it was. I'll you take just it. Were, I'll take it. You know. um, so I would say that's a nine out of 10, and the one you were off on was only one year. Wild at heart, um, yeah. So that's that's pretty Feel, damn good. Probably my best round. That's, I think, your best round. Yeah. My best round. Um, let's do some Rotten Tomato scores. I've just got a short list okay. from director Martin McDonough. <laughs> this um, is as much fun as I think anything. But, uh, okay. Martin McDonough is uh, weird to me because, of course, I, I sang the praises of Banshees of Inisherin, yes. but then I hated Three Billboards. You, you really, remember? You really with didn't like it. Such a deep, deep, deep passion. Have you gone back to it? Do you still no, hate it? No, I can't. Oh, wow, yeah, I'm fucking traumatized by that movie. Yeah. I hate it so much. When that movie ended, I was like, "This is an absolute trash movie." And, and it's really, a movie that was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. there was a lot of what's buzz. the most annoying part of that is knowing how much so many people loved it. That yes, pisses me I understand. Off. That's frustrating. And it's not to say that taste is not personal. Of course it is. But what I found to be so tacky and tasteless and uh, and like hackish about that movie um, is very to me like uh, it's story. It's a story that is offensively told. And I say offensively very loosely because I'm not saying that anybody should be offended by anything. Like I don't, yeah, no, I, I don't you. believe I in offensive culture where it's like, Oh, how dare they? Right. That, that is not something I believe in, but this movie in particular, um, it almost was as if someone made a movie about a bunch of Americans to see if they could get a rise out of us. Mm. And mm. did it on purpose. And the fact that he's not American kind of had some, you know, so I get it. I, I know it sounds like I'm being very like, no, you know, no, nationalistic you or passionately something, fired up about I this. I fucking hate that movie. And you still are. Uh, anyways. You, you know, it's interesting, though. You talk about the take of people that don't live in that culture yeah. from the outside looking in. That's probably and, what I talked and, about. And when I read it came something out. recently about like with same thing. Cinema Paradiso is one of my all time favorite mm -hmm. foreign films. And it is a very romanticized version of Italy, this little village in Italy yeah. and like what film means. And like I was reading either reading or listening to a podcast where they were talking about how like, you know, people from Italy just make fun of us for thinking that movie is this incredible. Like, it's yeah. nothing like that. And it speaks to what you said. If you don't know, you're not doing anything wrong by going off of what someone presents, but a sure. lot of times it's just a, anyway, that's a separate, there's thought, probably but. a lot of this with Woody Allen also, like he's oh made God. a lot of movies in other sure. countries. Sure. And I would imagine those countries yeah. are like, 
fuck you. Your movie was garbage. Once they didn't want him in New York anymore. Yeah, (laughs) Then he started just bouncing around other famous cities. But, you know, when he was at his peak and before, well, I won't say before all the controversy, but certainly before this reignited part, New Yorkers did consider him one of the voices for New York. Right. But he lived there. And that's different than going. Anyway, okay, that's enough. That's enough from me. Um, In Bruges, 2008. I think... In Bruges is very well regarded. I think In Bruges is one of the great movies oh, I love ever it so made. Much. Yes. Um, so I'm going to say critics for In Bruges gave it a 94 and audiences gave it a 89. 84 and 87. So really, lower. that's yeah. much lower than I actually thought yeah. it would be. I mean, it's not that lower on the scale, but I'm surprised that it didn't crack the 90s with. Sure. Yeah. yeah okay. Have you ever seen his movie The Guard from 2011? Yeah, and uh, spoiler alert, that's I've never my seen it. that's my hidden gem for the day. So let me no click shit. that off so I don't look at it. There. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I, I don't remember this being like I've never seen it, and I'm going to. I now. saw it at Sony uh, in yeah. the little screening rooms when they did it, and I yeah. really loved it. Um, I don't think it was super well regarded. I'm going to say critics. Well, if in Bruges was, I'll say critics gave it an 80, and audiences gave it a 75. It was very well regarded. 94 from critics what the and hell? 81 from audiences. What the hell? Okay. Once again, I don't understand Rotten Tomatoes, but I'm cool. going to watch that movie. Though. Cool. Yeah. Check um, it out, man. And then we go to 2012, Seven Psychopaths, which I enjoyed. I enjoyed but did Seven not Psychopaths. Love. Yeah. I don't think it's a great movie, but no. I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think critics thought it was that amazing. I'll say critics 72 and I'll say audiences 82. 83 and 71. Oh, I flipped them. Yeah. Okay. You were pretty close in the reverse. Um, and then we move on to three billboards. Um, Probably the first one that was a big, like, yeah. Oscar contender for, for him. I, I doubt those other ones were were up for anything at all, I, at least in America. I liked three billboards, and I still think the, the Rotten Tomatoes will be much higher than I would have given it. Sure. Um, I think with – I'm going to say – 95 and 91. 90 and 87. Okay. Okay. Which, there's nothing else I can say. That's still higher than I would have. I mean, again, I don't despise this movie. You know right, that. Right, right, But that's still higher than I would rank it. It's... And then, of course, on to Banshees of Inishirin. A movie Patrick gave three and a half out of five. <laughs> <laughs> but already teetering on four. Okay. That's one of those ones that was sitting right on the line. And breaking my heart, and okay. then, <laughs> and then, if I, 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 like I said before, I need to revisit. So yeah, who sure. knows where it'll find? But that was my early ranking. Sure, um, critics for Banshees, I think they loved it. I think it's a ninety-six, and I think audiences are like a eighty-eight, ninety-eight, and seventy-eight. So lower from audiences than I would have thought, though. For sure, but his highest but get it. critic score ever. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, which I support. I do think it's I think it's in the nineties. I would say somewhere between ninety and ninety, you know, three is probably yeah. where I'd land it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's great. There were a couple things I just couldn't quite. I don't want to talk about them right now, like in depth again, until I see it again. But there yeah. were a couple things I couldn't quite get past that I thought derailed a little bit. Mm-hmm. But all the stuff that I thought was. Great was great. So yeah. that's where, for me, the sure. three and a half came from. But again, well, I want to revisit. Tell us about your uh, hidden gem. Yeah. So um, I do remember seeing The Guard. And, See, uh, I, until I looked up this list, I didn't know what that movie was. Yeah, so. it's it's Brendan Gleeson again, but yeah. it's Don Cheadle is with him. And it it 
like all these other ones takes place in a little, I don't remember if it was a little Irish or if it's a little just European you right. know, village or whatever, right. but there's this murder case situation and there's this kind of underground crime thing going on. Sure. And Cheadle is, um, I want to say sent over from maybe England, but I, but I can't, again, it's been a long time, Yeah, yeah. but he, it's the unlikely duo. The point of the movie is it's like this unlikely duo where he gets sort of, uh, uh, partnered up with Brendan Gleeson, mm-hmm. who is from this tiny village and doesn't. Have oh, that sounds guy. good. Yeah, and yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's, it's two odd ducks that do not belong together, like working together. Um, and it's really funny. It's, it's got its dark moments. It's, you know, dry humor, same yeah, thing, yeah. but just to me, wall to wall enjoyable. I watched it twice when it first came out, Yeah, but this is to, this movie came out in 2011. It's been, it has been over a decade since I've seen it. That's the reason I don't remember all these details. But it's been on my list of to recommend hidden gems to recommend sure. for years. So um, you well, helped me very the, easily the to pick McDonough this episode. <laughs> Listen, I had a Brendan Gleeson hidden gem, and I had a um, Anthony Hopkins hidden gem that I was going back and forth oh, between yeah, yeah. which one. Yeah. So I'll do the Anthony next time. But right. the fact that we got on this whole Brendan Gleeson's thing and and you know Banshee's thing that made it easy for me. That's so great. Check I'm that glad one out. That worked out. I uh, I do have a hidden gem, and uh, awesome. we've already talked about it off the pod. But um, I saw it again in theaters uh, recently at the New Beverly. It's a movie called Breakdown. Yeah. And, um, I don't know wow. how hidden it is. I guess it's sort of hidden. It, it is now because it was disposable. It was big in its time. Um, and today it would be hidden. What a great 1997. Disposable by the way. medium, you know? Isn't that great that that. I, the, it fills me with a lot of joy that a movie that came out in 97, which was really my like peak movie watching. Yeah, Cause I'm sure. like, I'm buying every, my mom's buying every VHS, like popular VHS that's coming out at that point, And I'm watching them. It's your I world. Just moved into a very rural place and I didn't have anything to do. So just watching movies over and over and over and over and over all day, every day, every day I'm just watching movies Yeah, and uh, living yeah. a life. Right. So the point is that breakdown had a couple of things. It was R rated and my mom, made no, had no problem with buying me all the R-rated movies. Good for her. It was an R-rated movie that um was very um very adult. It's a it's an action thriller, suspense thriller. Um kind of like they don't make anymore. It it just leans so heavy into being a thriller with an original story um without really any other genre elements. It's it's yep. just about people in a in a you know, suspenseful situation. And um, uh, starring Kurt Russell in a use. You, you said that when I mentioned it, one of his best every man roles. Sure. It's absolutely Kurt Russell is a, a wonderful actor. He's a B actor. That's what he's known yeah. to be. He's one this of the movie is a B movie, but it has so much quality to it. Meaning every single element of this movie, it's perfectly made and shot and edited and, um, and directed the practical action in it is like 10 out of 10. There's so much great vehicle stuff that's just off the charts good. Um, and then the, the, the casting and the, the performances in it are truly amazing and scary and interesting. And then um, you, you know, basically you don't hear about it for sure. decades now. And uh, I I watched it easily dozens, if not hundreds of times on VHS. Yeah. And then had not seen it since probably 2000 or 2001. And it played on film 
It was Quentin Tarantino's personal print, and it is an original so film great. print of it, meaning it was one that circulated yep. in movie theaters in 97, and then now Quentin owns it. And so that's what was played, and it was like one of the better movie-going experiences I've ever had because it it was so familiar to me. I knew every beat. I knew every line, but hadn't seen it in 25 years or twenty at least 22 years probably. Yep. yep. And it is fucking flawless. I love it so, so, so much. And I just think, you know, it, it's not an Oscar winner. It's a B sure, action it's a movie. movie. Yeah. But man, is it perfect. Well, it's great um, to hear you talk about it, man. And, and exciting. Um, God, and, and I'm glad you enjoyed it yeah. that much. It is. I, I would just uh, add to that. Yeah. It's like, it's the kind of B movie that was very enjoyable that used to be made a lot. And, yes. you know, it's another, like you said, it's one of those ones they don't make anymore, but, yeah. but it used to be every couple of years you would get something like this. It would be that paranoia, paranoia kind of, um, uh, you know, the, the Hitchcockian type of, you know what I mean? Scenario that you, that plays into all of our dread, you know, and our, what if, you know what I mean? Like this wouldn't yeah. happen, but what if it did? And you were one of the, and like, yeah, v- super enjoyable movie. My brother was actually the one that introduced me to this movie. He really liked it. Um, and we watched it together growing up a couple times, but I remember first seeing it and, and really, really. And it, first so. seeing it on VHS yep. though. Yeah. Blockbuster. Pro- probably Blockbuster is Rental. such a different experience to me oh, sure. now at this point, I'm seeing sure. it in a theater is so opposite of how, movies normally are for yeah. people yeah um that it it was like a glow up you know what i mean for sure it elevated it to a point where i'm like holy fuck yeah, i've never possible seen i've only seen it on a 19 inch tv with a vhs yeah this yeah. is a thousand times better that's a good know? point too because you know for a lot of these b movies even when they were making a lot of them the way you did watch it was at home i know yes. now that's yeah, yeah, more yeah. normal to watch everything at home but it is one of those ones you probably didn't catch in theater it's, and you caught later so weird being able how to that's revisit that yeah. yeah in the theater is that is very cool to be able to go oh, back man. and, oh, and that's a bunch what of the new beverly is like for i yeah. just wish so, they right. would play more 90s stuff that's like that me too um, because they kind of lean a little bit heavier into the 60s 70s what tarantino 80s grew up genre with. stuff yeah. entirely but i just hope that they can program stuff for more our generation um i agree because I, it's a full generation different than i him. love the yeah. new bev enough and there's so few groups doing this and yeah. theaters doing this that of course i'm with them all the way yeah but you're right it would be great if he could be like okay i know the grindhouse stuff that i loved what is that for the next What's generation the version of because that, yeah. the, the majority of people that are going at least from what i've looked around into the theater are people more our age. Yes. So they are people who, while they respect that and they might be cinephiles that I'm sure they are like we are, and they might be interested in what the seventies grindhouse stuff you is. Might get more the B movies from the nineties. Yeah. yeah. And or even early two thousands and eighties are what that was for us in the totally. same way that was for Tarantino. So very cool that you got to see that. I'm Anyways. hoping to get back to the new Bev soon. So that's all I got. And, uh, we'll, uh, we'll try to come back to you with, uh, maybe a commentary or a new episodes soon. Sure. Excuse me. And, um, sure. Uh, happy viewing everybody yeah thanks Thanks for for listening. listening